Thank you so much for joining me here at the Real Rescue Podcast, powered by Vertical Helicast. I'd like to take an opportunity to say thank you to our sponsors of this episode, Collins Aerospace. They are working side-by-side with their customers and partners to dream, design, and deliver solutions that redefine the future of our industry. Check them out today at collinsaerospace.com. Now, coming up next in this episode, this is a rarity for me. I don't get this very often, so I'm truly humbled and honored to have these guys together in this in particular episode to hear this specific story. It's about the fishing vessel Hunter and what happened off Shelikov Strait in Alaska. Again, something that we don't usually hear about, which is another reason I love doing this podcast. I want to welcome back again, United States Coast Guard rescue swimmer number 502, Mr. Matt Thiessen, and his survivor from the fishing vessel Hunter, Captain Ron Blake. My name is Jason Quinn. I am United States Coast Guard rescue swimmer number 500. These are my rescues and rescues from those of us that put our lives on the line every day so others may live. This is the Real Rescue Podcast. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the Real Rescue Podcast. Uh, I've got a, our boy, Mr. Matt Thiessen, United States Coast Guard Rescue Swimmer number 502, huh? fellow classmate, huh? love it, dude, love it, dude, and uh, just so happens we have one of the people that he got called out for a rescue to, and that is Captain Ron Blake from the Fishing Vessel Hunter. Oh my gosh, you guys, I am so pumped to have you guys on. Welcome to the show. Thank you. I'm pumped. Let's do this. I freaking love you guys. This is awesome. <laughs> All right. So now let me let me explain this to everybody just a little bit because it's it's kind of cool. This story, uh, you guys have not actually heard each other's stories. So not only is this the first time for me to hear this story, it's also the first time for you guys to hear what happened prior to you getting launched out, Matt. And then Ron for you. Hey, thumbs up. All right. And then prior to Ron, uh, prior to like he, what happened and how he got launched out in that yeah. whole side. So this is pretty cool. I'm I'm super pumped about this. Um, additionally, I'm gonna bring up something real quick right here because they, you guys, Matt, for you, mad props. You earned an air medal off this rescue. Uh, congratulations, it's pretty badass. And you guys were also mentioned in the book. Is it is it a book? Is that right? The Time Bandit? Yep. yep. All right. Time Bandit. Yep. So Time Bandit book. Uh, let's see. Two Brothers, The Bering Sea, and One of the Deadliest Jobs. Uh, sorry. One of the World's Deadliest Jobs. And then I'm going to skip down to a paragraph because I want to read this. Is, this is pretty cool. Like, I like this. So in the, in the book, the guy says, last year in the bar in Kodiak Town, I ran into Matt Thiessen, a rescue swimmer for the Coast Guard based at Air Station Kodiak. For recreation, Matt surfs in freezing Alaska waters, just to give you an idea of his, tus- of his toughness. Yeah. Hit the water last year to rescue four crewmen on the fishing vessel Hunter. The fishing boat sank in the Shelikoff Strait in the winter. 
His story is only one of probably hundreds the Coast Guard could tell about rescue and fishermen in the Bering Sea. But Hunter's tale illustrates for me what these guys go through for our safety. Freaking awesome. And that's just the beginning. And then it gets into a bit of the story there. Uh, now, Matt, for you, and, and Rod, I guess, is for you too. Hey, Rod, just out of curiosity, have you heard Matt's write-up for his air medal? I have not. I did the, the year after uh, he rescued me that next uh, uh, 4th of July in Cordova. We have the little parade and things. And I did go over and do the Coast Guard. They were kind of, this group of them kind of off by themselves. And, and they did mention that he'd gotten a medal, but I didn't know that much about it. Just oh, that he got man. a medal. Cool. Very cool. He did. He did indeed. Uh, I'm going to read in a second. Matt, let me come to you real quick. Yeah. What did the re did the rest of the crew get anything or? Yeah, whole whole crew got air medals. It was some awesome. insane insane flying. Uh, we had icing uh, alarms going off. We were collecting ice down at the water level from all the sea fog that was freezing, collecting. Just like the boat was collecting ice, that's why it went down, right? Um, and yeah. uh, and flying through um, Buskin Pass, it was ripping through there. I think it was negative uh, 21 degrees as we were coming through Buskin Pass and uh, almost near near zero visibility. They were flying through the pass uh, like a submarine through a trench. It was incredible. Um, the C-130 that was overhead, those guys were getting knocked around. And I talked to a bunch of the guys on the C-130 afterwards. They were getting sick in there and they did a great job. They, they actually spotted the raft and, and found them. So kudos to them i think they all got uh accommodation medals um just <laughs> flying overhead yeah it was it was wicked it was it, it was gusting uh 60 to 80 knot winds and uh oh yeah God. it was incredible well let me read this get i'm yeah let me read the award and then we'll get into it congratulations to you and your entire crew again this is c-130 guys as well uh it's yeah. not every day the c-130 boys get something so Props to them too. Um, all right, let me get into this. Citation to accompany the award of the Air Medal to Matthew J. Thiessen, Aviation Survival Technician, Second Class, United States Coast Guard. Pedestrian Thiessen is cited for meritorious achievement in aerial flight while serving as rescue swimmer aboard Coast Guard Helicopter 6013 on 7 January 2007. Pedestrian Thiessen and crew launched from Air Station Kodiak in response to a distress signal emanating from a life raft with four survivors from the fishing vessel Hunter. The vessel had rapidly iced over, capsized, and sank, forcing the crew to abandon ship. With gusty 50-knot winds, churning seas, and near zero visibility due to billowing ice fog, Pedestrian Thiessen willingly deployed using a degraded hoist to the survivors below. Rapidly assessing the survivors, he towed the most critical from the raft through the icy water and breaking waves to the rescue basket. With his mask rendered useless by freezing spray, he was forced to discard it, leaving his face exposed to the harsh elements. During the hour-long rescue, his eyes repeatedly froze shut, requiring him to continuously submerge his face in the Arctic water to maintain his vision. At one point, he displayed tremendous physical prowess, 
and demanded several minutes of maximum effort swimming to catch the swiftly drifting raft. Recovering the second survivor proved treacherous as the helicopter cabin became encrusted with ice. Pedestrian had lost his footing and fell out of the aircraft while still attached to the hoist cable. Undaunted, he was able to quickly scramble back into the cabin. At great personal rest and nearing exhaustion in some of the most physically demanding conditions imaginable, Pedestrian repeatedly deployed into the frigid waters until the last survivor was safely in the helicopter. Pastor actions and aeronautical skill were instrumental in saving four crew members from the fishing vessel Hunter. His courage, judgment, and devotion to duty are most heartily commended in keeping with the highest traditions of the United States Coast Guard. Bro. Oh, my God. What a write-up. You get to sit back seat, though. We got to backtrack. Run. Icing conditions. The whole boat capsized. You guys are in the water. What happened? Holy cow. Ah, wow. Well, I'm a little emotional now, right? But, um, I didn't realize it was quite that bad for Matt, but uh, I knew it was it was something. Um, well, because... wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Bad for Matt? You were on a boat in negative 20 degree weather, iced up oh, and capsized. That sucks. Yeah, we we had our own problems. There's no doubt right? about that. Yeah, yeah. So you, you know, um, so we left Cordova. I think we must have left Cordova on the the morning of the sixth. I guess it would have been. Yeah, and we had a nice forecast. Uh, I'm always petrified of barren of the barren islands, right? But we've never we've never headed. I'd never went to Dutch that early before. I didn't realize it was a problem on the west end of Kodiak. But, you know, we, we got across Barren Islands and I told the guys, I said, you know, we got we got off lucky. It looks like we're going to have a nice trip. And, uh, and then we, we kept traveling, you know, we're headed for Dutch because Pequod price was high. So we wanted to get there earlier than we normally would. And, and we hit Pauly Bay. And it was just a wall of wind and, and ice. And, you know, the, the, some of the write-ups in the paper said when the helicopter got there, it was blowing 46. Um, but at that time, it was blowing more like what Matt was saying. The, the email I sent I sent my brother on SkyMate was 60 to 80 knots of wind, lots of ice. But, you know, I just, our SkyMate had said that it was going to be, I, I want to say it was, it was either variable 15 or north 15. And I figured we'd get across the bay and the wind would die down, right? And so we got, we go across Pauly Bay and I, I don't, I can't, and I, I couldn't say the name of the point where we sunk, um, even if I had it in front of me, but, um, and the wind kept blowing and we're starting to, to, to take on a bunch of ice and it was cold, right? So, you know, we, we dressed up and we're, there's four of us on the boat and we would go out in pairs to beat ice and you'd make it about 15 minutes before everything hurt and um so then you'd switch off right you go in but you know there's nothing the, the it was blowing so so we were up against the beach and the wind come was coming off this bluff and it was picking up the water right swirling the water picking it up and then sticking it to the side of the boat all the way up to the top of the rigging there's nothing you can do about it 
and uh, you know, I wasn't really a religious man, right? But I remember I went in the bait shed and I'm throwing the, these brand new coils of ground line to the other side of the boat, thinking, man, God, if you just get me out of this, then I'll do whatever you want. I remember thinking that, right? And, you know, I came out of that bait shed, you know, and we went from, from the main focus being on saving the boat to the main focus on this just hope that we might survive. Wow. And so as we came up to this point, and it was just right after I came out of the bait shed, I, I came up to the wheelhouse and we caught, came to that point and there's the water tornadoes. You, got, you guys have seen those, right? When it's really blowing hard, yeah. we came up, mm -hmm. you know, the water tornadoes. And the first one that hit us rolled the boat way over and I turned the wheel hard and gave it some throttle and it popped back up. There's another one about a hundred fathoms behind it. And that second one rolled us again and we took a scoop of water our hatches weren't bolted down. We've and we'd had the boat in tremendous weather and never had a hatch come off. But the 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 we had a, a little bit shorter hatch in the front and it had a little hatch for putting fish on, and that popped off. And we took a scoop of water in that, and the boat wouldn't come back up. And that's when and then you know, so then. I issued a mayday call, which I don't think anybody got, right? We're leaning on our side. It wouldn't surprise me. And everything was covered in ice. And then we went to just survival suit mode and um, trying to get the life raft knee perp. So, so we, we um, the guy that, and we actually did do, Drill. It's not, not like we should have, but, but everybody knew what their job was, right? And the guy that was in charge of the survival suit, I can't, we had a special survival suit for the captain under the bunk in the wheelhouse that had fingers and everything. And I came out of the door and he was standing on the mast of the boat with no survival suit. And he's supposed to be in charge of them. And so I handed him my survival suit. And then I went back into the boat. And, I guess I need to backtrack about two years um, to, to explain this situation. So um, the first year I was in Dutch, the Coast Guard came down and gave us a safety inspection. And we had a big pile of, of survival suits, like 11 or 12 of them or something. And a few of them weren't good. And they told me to that I should just throw those out because one day I might be, my boat might be sinking and I might need to grab one out of the pile. And I needed to know that they were good. And that day, and, and it was a little bit out of character for me because um, I, I, I didn't have the respect I should have for the Coast Guard. But for some reason that day, I threw out like six survival suits and I went down to the store and I bought two more. And so now here I am, my boat's sinking. I am in exactly that situation. I remember I saw my life, or my, my light license was floating in the sink because um, water was coming up through the sink, 
was floating in the sink and it was six feet away. And I'm thinking, you have no business in this boat. You have to get out, right? Seconds count. So now I'm able to go in there and grab a survival suit knowing it's a, it's a top-notch survival suit, right? I mean, wow. they, they, they looked at, you know, some of my survival suits, they were good enough, but they said, you know, you're fishing in the Bering Sea now. You shouldn't have this, right? Yeah. And so, so um, you know, there's a chance that two years earlier, somebody might have already saved my life because if I'm not in a survival suit, I mean, Matt knows I'm dead. I'm wow. dead. Mm -hmm. Wow. Uh, and so, so I come out and then, you know, the guy's still standing there holding the good, the, the special one for the, for, you know, and so I help him get dressed and I help me get dressed. And then, uh, you know, on the boats, we're losing about, I'm going to say a foot a minute. The boat's going to, it's on its side and it's going down about a foot a minute. Holy and so the first thing we do, we had, so we had two life rafts on that boat. Um, we had a six man sit, sitwick, the one that I guess the, 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 Helicopter carries. Sweatler. Yep. Yeah, yep. and then we had a four-man uh, guardian life raft that didn't have the offshore pack, right? We had it just because you know I mean, the boat fished quite a bit, and there's times where you know one's getting repacked, and the other, so you have the other one, so you can still legally go, right? Right. Well, that that four-man was on the the down ice side of the boat, and. So me and another, it was an 18-year-old kid, no matter how hard we pried, we couldn't get that thing off the boat. It, it, you know, and it didn't have near the ice of a, it had a little ice on it, but it wasn't like the, the, um, the you know, there's a foot or more of ice on the, 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 the raft that was right next to the E-perp, which- A foot you know, of I mean, ice should... on a raft? Holy- cow. Oh yeah, the raft was on the roof of the boat. We had a, 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 on the roof of uh, on the the roof of the wheelhouse on the ice side. We had the life the the life raft in front, then the EPIRB right behind it. Then on the other side, we had another life raft on the roof of the boat. And um, so and, and I could because you know it's cold out, right? I had uh, I, I had like three pairs of pants and two coats and all that on. I couldn't get my survival suit to zip up all the way, and so when we couldn't pry that off, and I, as we're doing this, I'm like, no, we need, you know, we got to have EPIRB too. And the boat's sinking, and I, I tried to, um, I tried to get, you know, I, I tried to swim down first to the, the, you know, I don't know what I was thinking, right? Of course, that didn't work to the, to the other one. And then, so then I, I kind of grabbed the top of the wheelhouse and threw myself down, and I was able to kick the the that glob of ice that was the life raft and he but not real hard just moderately i'm like that's not going to work and so then we had a couple of poles that were hanging on the mast of the boat and i was swimming over to grab one of those and the the boat every once in a while we get just this little swell and it rocked the boat a little bit so the rigging was thrashing and i had to kind of back up and then the eperp and the life raft popped up right next to each other. Wow. Right. Nice. And that same wave, when, when that popped up, the, it washed the other two guys off the, the boat a little bit. And the guy that was had been the statue grabbed onto the other guy. Um, and 
the other his feet and the other guy towed him to the life raft and and so then the, the young kid andy was his name it's john john and andy and uh, uh he started just ripping the the painter cord out and i was like whoa stop right we got to gather around right yeah because you know i mean you, you can't have a kite right and so uh we all gathered around and 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 I'm I'm really in bad shape actually because I'm my suit's full of water. And one of the other Johns, mm -hmm. big bushy beard, he didn't get his suit zipped up all the way either, and he was full of water. So then um uh, we popped the life raft and Andy, the young kid, was in it, you know, before it was inflated. He was just in it, yarding people in, he got us all in there probably about the time the thing was inflated, maybe even a little bit before we were all in the raft. And so we get in the raft and I am sitting there and I'm like this, Shivering. right? Yeah. Yeah. I, I just, John, the, the, he, he's, you know, he's the one that Matt took first. Um, he uh, said his goodbyes. He's like, I'm not going to make it guys. I'm just, I'm done. And, uh, um, and so, you know, and, and, and one of the things they tell you in all the safety classes, right, is you got to take inventory, right? I remember thinking that as I'm like, well, let's see what we got, right? And, and, and the, 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 one of the things that our six-man raft had that the other one didn't is those thermal protective aids, right? The little, little suit, the little space, you know, like yeah. almost tinfoil you can put in yes, the space blankets yeah yeah i put head in one of yeah. those right just put my head in there and in 15 minutes i'm feeling way better and oh, so then nice. we put john's head in there with me and then you know we're the two guys that were seasoned fishermen and um so uh you know, about 15 minutes later, he's doing fine too. So we pop our heads out, right? And John looks at the e -perv. He goes, shouldn't that thing be blanket? Right? <laughs> <laughs> and it was one of the ones we had to manually activate. And so that, so, so to get your timeline, you know, when that e signal came, we'd been, we'd been in the water for about a half hour. Oh right? my God. Yeah, and so then we we turn that on and and yeah, and uh, I don't I don't think your mayday made it out. I don't think they re we didn't respond to your mayday. The C one no, we picked on up the pings side. on your eper. Yeah, yeah, we were on our side when that mayday went out. Yeah, right. You know, um, yeah, and so you know, and and John's first thing after he popped his head out is did he get any response from the mayday? And I was like, no. You know, of course, we're coming up on dark, right? Um, we're in ice fog. We, none of us, there wasn't a one of us that expected the Coast Guard to show up that day, that evening, that night. Nobody there, right? I've been through it. They they call, they, they check, you know what I mean? You don't know what's going on behind the scenes. Right. And, you right. know, we had session as, oh, you know, it's probably going to be morning before anybody, we see anybody. And, you know, and so we're sitting there. It must have been around an hour 
we thought we heard a C-1, you know, we thought we heard a plane fly by, right? But we weren't ready for it. And so then now we're straining our ears and like 10, 15 minutes later, we hear it coming. And Andy, the young kid, waved his hand out the, the, the uh, end of the, the thing. And, and he saw the C-130 go by, right? He saw it swoop down and go by and, and we were pretty sure they'd seen us. And uh, um, life-changing, right? When yeah. you realize oh, yeah. there, there's people there that have come to try and save you, right? This is life-changing. And I remember thinking, you know, I am really, really glad I live in a country where they're not, there's not some politician trying to make a business decision on whether or not they should save me, right? Amen. Just really. So, so then, um, you know, it, it must have been about another hour when the Coast Guard showed up. And it's, it's just when Matt pulled the first one of us out, it was just starting to get dark. It's just the hint of, of the light going away. And All right, hold on, hold on. Wait, 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 wait. Yeah, I, don't go too far yet. Don't go too far yet. I got to get Matt in the scene right now. <laughs> All right. Okay. See, you flip over the EPIRB. It now turns on. You've been sitting in the water for 30 minutes before the first ping goes out. Matt, what comes over the alarm? Because I know Air Station Kodiak very well. Loved it being up there. You're on duty at this point, or it's just the C-130 guys that are you coming on? Well, I don't think I don't think an alarm went off for the C-130. I think they, they were already airborne. They must have been doing okay. pattern work or something like that. And when the EPIRB kicked off, they probably headed that way, right? Um, so probably when they did that low low level pass and they spotted them, that's when they radioed back to the air station and the alarm went off for us. I think we were, from when the alarm went off to when we were on scene was probably about 20 minutes. Cause it was, wow. a, it was a shot over, just a shot over Buskin Pass into Shelikoff Strait. And uh, we don't normally fly up that way very often, but uh, you know, it's, it's our backyard. So we were there pretty quick. Um, and we also knew that uh, yeah, it was getting dark quick, and we wanted we wanted to, to get this done before it got dark because that complicates things, doesn't it? Um, so, yeah, uh, I don't I don't remember what uh, they said is you know um, uh, PIW or wh what it was that they they uh, said over the the uh, the one MC, but yeah. Uh, yeah, it was go time because the weather was shitty, and uh, yeah, we hopped in there and we went. You had mentioned flying out was just awful. Uh, so low levels and coming up on scene. Yeah, it was it was incredibly windy. It was incredibly cold. Um, and yeah, flying through Buskin Pass, it's lucky for us that going through Buskin Pass, they have a, a low visi visibility route right um, through there, and we we took that, but. Uh, we could barely see the ground below us, and it was it was whiteout conditions. Um, every now and then, you'd catch a tree whip by, you know, out of the window. Yeah. Um, but yep, yeah, up and over, uh, up and over the pass. Jeez, oh man! All right, so bring us to on scene. 
you come over the raft. Now Rod's all excited. He's like, holy shit, the Coast Guard's here. It's a helicopter. Yeah. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, the, the yeah. first thing I noticed, and it was it was something I hadn't ever seen before, was that um, the sea fog, which is basically every time a wave breaks, it turns into snow. So that's what was creating that, that fog. The, the water was warmer than the air. The wave would break, and, and it was um, – and anything – that it landed on it would turn to ice so we get down into a hover and right like that we start collecting ice um i get in the door i'm getting ready to go down and with how windy and gusty it was that the helicopter was we were hoisting tilted forward in a forward attitude forward air air attitude yeah, I'd never hoisted out like that. Normally, when we're hoisting, it's you know, calm out or doing training or whatever. Um, so I go, I I get out on on the uh, out on the hook, and as since the helicopter's tipped forward at a forward airspeed attitude, I can see the pilot, uh, and you don't normally see the pilot when you're on the hook, but just at the way that we're tilted forward, and then as I go down. I'm getting pressed into the auxiliary tank and I actually had to shimmy my body over the, the, the nose of the auxiliary tank because it was blowing me back so hard. So real and quick, flight... for, I gotta paint a picture real quick. So uh -huh. on the H-60, the Jayhawk, the US Coast Guard, not only do they have internal fuel tanks, they've got three external fuel tanks, two on the left and then one on the right and they can make yeah. a big one or a small one. Uh, that's the auxiliary tank you're talking about. Mm -hmm. So. Mm -hmm. It kind of looks like a yeah. bomb, make a big long. Yeah, it looks like a bomb. Yep. They call it the yep. bomb rack when they're putting them on there. And exactly. uh, I, I had to slide around. And after I I was lowered down below the bomb rack, I look up and I can't see my flight mech. I'm under the bomb rack. Normally, when you look up, you can see the hoist and everything. But it was like I was skydiving because it was so windy. It was pushing me back towards the tail. And I think I sent you some still pictures. If you look at those pictures that were taken from the C-130, it looks like we're moving forward with the rotor wash behind us. We were in a hover. The raft was there, and our rotor wash was a good three uh, three rotor discs behind us. It was that that windy. And uh, so I get down. They lower me down to the water, and I disconnect. And the raft is gone. It's, it's moving. And uh, found out later... We did uh, from on scene to to when we left scene, the SAR area that the, where we did the rescue moved three point four miles. So that raft was oh. was booking. It was oh moving. Oh my god! So I see the raft taken off, and I I give chase. I'm after the raft, and I'm and I'm giving it about you know seventy percent. I'm trying to get to the raft. And I'm just not gaining on it. So I, I crank it up a little bit. And still, I'm, I'm making way. Every now and then, a, a swell would kind of push me towards it. So that, that was good that I was um, coming up on the windward side. But that raft was trying to get away from me. And, and it's probably two, two minutes of 80% of effort where I realized it, at this pace, I'm not going to catch it. So I give it a full-on sprint, 
and I, I close in on it and I'm, I think I'm probably about 10 feet away from it. I realized that that's it. And then I looked down, the, wa the water was crystal clear underwater. I could see the sea anchor um, below me. And I'm like, in my head, I think, and this was probably a bad idea, but I think if I can dive down to that sea anchor, I can climb up that, climb up the rope to get to that raft. So that's what I did. So I went from pegged out max sprint to a surface dive and immediately regret it because I'm going down. And as I'm going down, it's still pulling away from me. So the more time it takes me to get down, the deeper and deeper I have to go because the sea anchor is, is at a pitch, right? Yeah. So I swim down to the sea anchor and finally make it to the, to the rope. And I don't know how long the sea anchor line is, but probably, I don't know, 25, maybe even 50 feet. Um, I grab a hold of that line and it is tight as a piano string. So it, that, that sea anchor is really getting tugged on and I climb up it. And as I, as I climb up to the raft, the tunnel's closing in, you know what I'm saying? I'm, I'm, I'm probably, I'm probably 20, um, what do you call them? You know, underwater hiccups, chicken chicken you know what i'm talking about when you're holding breath do. and you start doing it you your, your lungs are yeah they're saying hey stupid take a breath well you're underwater you can't do that can you i climb up that raft and i and i finally get a hand on the raft and come up and i get my arms on i think there's another picture i sent you of, of that um from the helo um and one of the guys rips open the canopy and they look at me I don't know. I don't remember what they said, but I was just like, give me a second. Give me a second. I got to catch my breath. So, oh my God. Yeah, All right, that, hold, that on, was... hold on, hold on, hold on. Time out. <laughs> We're going to divert real quick to thank our sponsors Collins Aerospace Goodrich. Whether your mission is saving lives or servicing high value assets, Collins Aerospace's Goodrich Toists stay ready to assist. Features such as single-point payout reduce the potential for hoist-induced load swings, enhancing overall safety. Holy shit, bro. All right, Ron, Ron, I got to come back to you real quick. You get the helicopter on seed. You now see Matt coming down. What's going through your head right now? Well, so, yeah, you know, from our perspective, right, We I watched the, him come down. And I watched us go by him. I didn't realize that he caught us. I assumed they picked him up again and dropped him. It was, and I don't know if Matt knew this about me or, or, or knows, but you know, I commercial. I was a commercial diver. Um, I dove. Uh, you know, I don't think there's anybody who's dove more cucumbers than me in Alaska, even today. And oh, I know right. it's on the surface, when it's cold and blowing, this is one of the things that really, really touched me about what Matt did, is when I'm diving and it's blowing and cold like that, I got to get underwater because it hurts your face, your, you know, your ears, your eyes, your nose, your lips, it, it hurts. And uh, I didn't realize, but I remember when he, he came there and He's like, I just 
I just got to have a minute, right? And and I don't remember what we said to him. But he's I got to have a minute, and I said, "Who's the worst one?" And we and we were like, "It's John." And then he said, he said it was going to take. I want to say he said maybe five minutes from the time he pulls out to wear in the helicopter, something like that. But it was taking way longer. And I, what I didn't realize is that all the problems they were having on the helicopter, right? Yeah. Yeah. Um, we're we're gonna get into but, that in a second. I I love uh, I love this I love this. That pops up. Give me a second. Just give me, bro. Just, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I I couldn't. Uh, I could barely say that. Right? <laughs> yeah. Holy shit. And I. I went third, and I don't know if Matt remembers this, but but uh, he had a hard time getting me in the 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 basket because the basket mm -hmm. was underwater, right? Yep, yep. No, and you, I popped in there and I said, "Who's the worst?" And you pointed to John. John, yeah, John, yeah. the old man. Yep. Yeah, you said that, but I looked to the back of the raft, and you were sitting there with your gummy suit down around your waist in a t-shirt, a wet t-shirt. And I knew that you were not good because it was that cold and your gummy suit was off and you were wet. And I, I, you know, they say that, you know, the last stage of hypothermia, you think you're, you're getting hot. And that's what I was thinking in my head. This guy's, this guy thinks he's warm and cozy. And you actually had a smile on your face. I remember that. I was pretty um, happy to see. Right. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I remember I remember seeing you with your gummy suit around your waist and thinking this guy is the one that I need to pay attention to. So I grabbed John and yep, started started getting to work. All right, you brought yeah. us through that, Matt. So you, you get a minute, you collect yourself, catch your breath, lap one complete, underwater Jeez, yeah. one complete. Yeah, well, I, I learned I learned from that that I that's not what I was gonna do again. I was not gonna I was not gonna do that again. And so I I took John, I, I put him in the basket, sent him up, and actually um the helo lost me after I sent him up in the basket because the raft was going so fast and I wasn't gonna chase it again. I knew I had helicopter power, they could come and get me they stayed with the raft and they hovered, continued hovering away as they brought John up. Um, but yeah, they, everything, they all went away from me and it went totally quiet aside from the wind. I was sitting there um, and hoping that they still had me in sight, but I couldn't see them. The helo and the raft were out of sight. And so I sat there, I don't know how long it was, um, hoping that I wasn't lost at sea, right? Um, they finally came back and, and picked me up after they had uh, cleaned up the cabin with uh, getting John in there. So they pulled me up and then I, I briefed them. I said, that raft is moving way too fast. I'm not going to chase it again. You're going to put me down ahead of it and let it come to me. So that's what we did the next couple times. Nice. Yeah. Just for yeah. the record, nobody can catch a raft. Okay. Well, apparently you can <laughs> one time. Once, yeah. Dude, those rafts are moving so fast, and and yeah. it's, the worst part about it is all of us do it at one point. Oh yeah, I can catch it. No, you can't <laughs> go in front of the raft. <laughs> Just gonna throw yeah. that out there. All right, so that's that's one. You get leapfrogged in front of the the raft for the second one. Then what? 
Um, well, and also on that one, I also, I changed it up a little bit, decided to do uh, sling deployments on the next one. So I could go up because I knew I was going to need to be repositioned again. So instead of setting them up in a basket and then, and then me going up, cut the hoists in half, I would go up with them, let them reposition and come back down. So the next one, pretty uneventful, um, went to the raft, pulled them out, delivered this drop, up we went, readjusted. And uh, Ron, you were, you, you were the third one. My, my the memory third one. Of the, my memory of the sequence isn't too good, but um, yeah. Um, and did I did I take you with a strop or a basket? Basket. Okay, you were a basket. Okay. We couldn't. You had. I didn't. For some reason, you're having a hard time getting me in the basket. Mm -hmm. Right. The okay. I remember the basically underwater. And uh, yeah, you were floating. One, you were floating. I think I had to give you an elbow. To the that's right yeah, to push yeah. to to crank your butt yeah. down in there yep yeah sorry yeah. About and that. I wasn't as <laughs> I normally would either right <laughs> mm. yeah yeah yep yeah. yeah. so yeah. but yeah and uh, yeah it was we were covered in ice every time I would go up I'd bring ice with me and it would add to the ice on the cabin cabin floor um, like I said the that the the blade ice and uh, the ice warning lights were going off on in the helo. Um, the up limit switch for the hoist hook froze, um, so they had to, they had to disable that, um, which which meant if the flight mech were to two block it or bring it all the way up, it could potentially shear the hook off. So the flight mech had to keep that in mind. Um, where it said in in the uh, award write-up that I had to lose my mask. What was going on there was every time I dunk my face on the water to to clear the ice off, it would just come right back. And I, I couldn't understand why until I took my mask off. I realized my face was steaming so much and that steam on the inside of the mask was freezing and I couldn't get that out of there. So I just had to put my mask on my head and go. And then after... Um, I don't know, a couple minutes, my eyes started freezing shut. Um, it, yeah, it was, it was a mess, but it was, it was fun. You know what I mean? It was go time and we were doing it. So, uh, at one point it does mention that you fell out of the helicopter because of the yeah. ice on the inside. What, what? Yeah. I mean, I was on the hook, so it wasn't, I didn't. It wasn't a big deal, and and the cable what? was. Was it a? I fell out of the helicopter. Not a big deal. It was. Not it was, a big it was deal. more. It was more of like a roll back and and kind of dump at the end. The flight map was managing uh, the person that I was getting in there, but yeah, the whole deck was covered with ice. So I was doing a little ice skating shuffling. Yep, out out the door, and then I was back in right after that. So not not that big of a deal. Yeah, not yeah, not, no big deal, no big deal. Freaking mad teaching. Oh my god! So it's it's something funny that I I'm gonna backtrack to our A school days, and I remember this so vividly. Is at one point we're in the pool, uh, or you specifically are in the pool doing a multi, and you had taken your mask off and threw it, and 
our yeah. instructor, Mike O'Dell, is spraying you with water. Don't ever take your mask off. Yeah. And I'm like, okay, I'm going to always remember that. And then here you are. Yep. Yep. Who knew? Who, Who knew? knew? I was actually going to have to take my mask off. Eyes squeezing <laughs> shut. Oh, my God. My God. All right. So you've got, so we got Ron out. You got one more to go. Same thing. Quick drop. Yeah. Uh, I believe I believe it was a, it was a quick drop, and I remember thinking for a second, school training, right? I gotta pop this raft, you know. I'm I'm pulling the last guy out, and for some reason I'm thinking I gotta pop this raft, and and uh, but it was a direct, and the raft was not wanting to stay with us, right? It was kind of going, and I was on on I was like sitting on the sponson, getting the quick drop on, and uh, the raft just. It was, so I was like, you know what? I'm not popping this raft. I just let it go and just rolled out of there and, and then up we went, so. Dude, awesome. All right, Ron, let me come back to you. You are now sitting inside the helicopter. Uh, every, the whole crew, your entire crew is up there. Cabin door comes closed, locked, heat's coming on. What's going through your head right now? I have to say that it was uh, it changed my life right and it's not the sinking it's not the being rescued it's watching another human being risk his life to to save us right and it, it, it was not lost in me what what Matt was risking I realized what it, what was going on and and, you know, and I, you know, most people would have said I was a pretty nice guy then, but, you know, I, I was, I was worried about Ron up until that point in my life. And I got back to Kodiak, a different man, a different man. I wanted to be more like Matt. I wanted to be somebody who, who is a benefit to society. Matt's my hero. I, I mean that. Absolutely mean that. He changed awesome. my life. Thank you, Ron. Well yeah, you betcha. Thank you. Well and I think Matt. Uh, My pleasure. For, we, I know I sent him for at least five years. And then at one point they told me he'd been transferred. But you got those let, thank you letters on the anniversary every year, didn't you? I did not. No. <gasps> yeah, I, I sent letters to, to the Coast Guard and Kodiak maybe, for like. Maybe they're, they're sitting in admin somewhere. Seven years, yeah. Wait, 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 let's go into a little detail with this. We we gotta let Matt know. Come on, Ron. So you were sending well, a letter every year for seven absolutely, years? Absolutely. Yep. Oh man, that's amazing. That's a yeah, shame. That we, we don't ever hear this yeah. stuff, Ron. We don't know. I, this is no, great. I, yeah. And no. they're like, is there anything we can do for you? And I'm like, no, wait a minute. No, we'll clean your toilets. What do you want us to do, right? And, I had no idea. Yeah, and you know, you know he, Matt, Jason, you know how we got in touch, me and me and Ron. No, uh, John Limborn. He was a swimmer. Yeah, and he went he went warrant, and he did an inspection on. Right, am I right, Ron? Ron, he did an yep. inspection on one of your boats. Yep. And Ron mentioned me, and through you know through the brotherhood, I, I got got in contact. So. 
Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah, I talk about you all the time. Like I said, you're my hero. Well, and I'm a way better man because of it. I mean, you know, I and I and I'm a big benefit to Cordova now. I wouldn't have been the man I am now if it wasn't for for Matt. No way, wouldn't have happened. Well, I appreciate Damn, it, Ron. Thanks. That's freaking awesome. Hmm. Uh, that makes me feel good. Yeah, you're right. We don't we don't follow up, do we? I no. mean. How how can you follow up with with every case and everything you do? You gotta you gotta keep moving on, right? Like I, was, I said the other night, you know, we treat this stuff like uh, like like doing your laundry or doing dishes. You know, it's you just do it and then you move on, and you kind of have to because you know you get caught up in things. So yeah, uh, I, I'm gonna I'm gonna throw a jab at. Coast Guard Kodiak Air Station right yeah, now. Yeah, come not on, guys. The, not getting the letters to like the whole crew. Rod, I, I'm going to tell you as another swimmer, like we appreciate a letter like that. That means more to, to me personally than anything else. A letter coming from somebody like you. So Matt, yes, I, I'm going to throw this to Matt. It, mean, yeah. it means something. So thank you. That's awesome. Yeah, mm -hmm. and for all the, your entire well, crew, Matt, they're all they all got thank you letters for seven years. Well, the crew, I addressed them to Matt. Oh, right? I okay, Matt. <laughs> yeah, yeah. But, we won't tell uh, them. My daughter, the crew. it's cool. <laughs> my daughter wrote one, and I'm a candy bar in it. Um, yeah, but I Matt. like candy. That's that makes me mad. We're, we're gonna have to call somebody up there <laughs> yeah i did it change my whole attitude towards the coast guard too right normally as fishermen oh we're getting boarded right and it's like come on boy do whatever you want <laughs> nice yeah wow you guys this is amazing oh you know what i wanted to ask one more thing matt uh is because now that you're when you got those guys inside the aircraft again the whole inside of the cabin i can picture the whole thing is covered in ice. Um, yep. The degraded hoist based on icing conditions and the pendant getting frozen up and worrying about all that. So once you're inside the cabin, you've got these four guys in there. Cabin door comes closed and locked. You've got about a 25, 30 minute flight to get home and still shit weather. Like it's yeah. not over for you guys. Like yeah. I get it gone for yeah. you guys. Yeah. Ron, you guys are like, I'm in the helicopter. I'm saved. But mm -hmm. please yeah. know. That us as the air crew, it's not over. We still got to get home. And that is where the next start. And that's where we're like having badass pilots up front, badass air crew in the back. We're getting it. So give me a rundown of the flight back and taking care of these guys. What was that like? Well, I, it was uh, obvious that uh, their, their biggest concern was hypothermia, right? I didn't have to tell the pilots or anybody to turn on the heat. They cranked that up and it was, it was blasting. Um, I took, a, I opened my dry suit up because not because I was cold, but because I was hot. I had been working so hard. I cracked open my dry suit and steam came out and I, the, the flight mech looked at me and we just laughed. It was, a, uh, um, it was really just trying to get the guys dry and get them warm. Right. Yeah. They were all, they were all talking and looking at me. Um, and I knew the transit wasn't going to be that long and it really wasn't that long because we had a tailwind 
and that tailwind was whipping. So we got home really quick. Uh, EMS was on the tarmac when we got there. The skipper was on the tarmac when we got there. Um, they came and grabbed these guys and I went to the back of uh, the ambulance. There wasn't any room for me, but there, I was looking for a seat for me because my eyes were, they were cooked from freezing and uh, they were burning pretty good. And I, I told the uh, HS, my, you know, my eyes are burning, whatever, I, I, you know, kind of implying that I should maybe go with you, but he's like, there's no room in here. He gave me some saline and shut the door and they took off. And I was like, all right, I guess I don't need to see medical, but um, yeah, that, that was it there. And uh, off they went. Oh my God. Nah, I freaking love you, bro. <laughs> Damn. Wow. You guys. Oh my gosh. This story is just blowing my mind. I cannot thank you guys enough for coming on it and sharing it. Um, Ron, I'm sorry. The guys didn't get your letters. Matt, I'm sorry you didn't get the letters. Yeah, I want I want that candy bar. <laughs> yeah, I'll be all right. Oh. I don't need a candy bar. It's, <laughs> but I appreciate it. Um, I really Ron, do. for you guys and your crew, I am so happy that you guys, the turnout that happened, uh, that everything worked out for you guys. It's It's amazing. This is an incredible story. So well done. Well done. Yeah, thanks. Thanks for your time, Ron, for sure. For coming on yeah hope, hey, too. I, you know real life hero man you're a real <laughs> life appreciate it yeah just do my job mad no, props you, to you go go Rod, go you were above and beyond your job you were risking your life and i don't think you're asked to risk your life yeah well, you, that's, that's what we train for right right jason that's right that's yeah. right last 10 zero 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 hoorah yeah. Hoorah. That's us. That's us. We went to school yeah. together. Me and him. That guy yeah. right there. <laughs> yep. <laughs> oh, man. Uh, Matt, again, mad props to you and the crew. Uh, I'll even throw a shout out to the C-130 crew for spotting the raft to make that all Definitely. happen. You guys, mm -hmm. thank you so much for coming on and telling this story. It's an incredible story. You guys are awesome. I, I thank you. One of these days, Maybe all three of us can get together. We can kick back a beer. Maybe in Cordova. Huh? Hey, yeah, it. you guys have my number. Done. I love it. I need I need to renew my uh, Alaska state driver's license. So I got to get and up there for something. Yeah. I need to go yeah. up just to go fishing. Right. Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Ron will take it. Ron will take it. He's been sending me. He'll take you moose hunting and duck hunting. and Yeah. I think the three of us just there. made a date. I just I'm gonna throw that out there. Like we're gonna <laughs> we're gonna go out and hang out together. I'm in. Yeah. Yep. Dude, awesome. Well, I'll tell you what, guys. I, I appreciate it. I won't keep any more of your time. Again, thank you so much for sharing the story. And uh and I'll I'll catch up with you guys later, unless you guys got anything else. That's it. Right on. That's all I got. In that case, with that, ladies and gentlemen. We are out of here. Go. Now it's time for me to pull chocks and take off. But before I go, I'm always looking for the memorable rescues that people have done. If you have one that you're willing to share or know somebody who has a story, please feel free to reach out to me. I'd love to highlight it here at The Real Rescue. For everybody that is standing by for that SAR alarm, 
Remember, those in distress are praying for a miracle. They are going to get you. So until next time, fly safe and swim hard. Thank you for joining me today here at the Real Rescue Podcast, powered by Vertical Helicast. We'd also like to say thank you to our sponsors for this episode. Collins Aerospace Goodrich. Whether your mission is saving lives or servicing high-value assets, Collins Aerospace's Goodrich Toists stay ready to assist. Features such as single-point payout reduce the potential for hoist-induced load swings, enhancing overall safety. Cow, he is freaking fast. Good job, Rotor. Let's go, Rotor Blood. Come on, run the beach. Run the beach. Go. Yep, this is a rough life for him. He's just, just having a rough life. Rescue pup just enjoying the waves on the beach. <laughs> Isn't that right, brother mate? Isn't that right? Yeah, good boy. Oh, somebody's gonna lay down in the water and cool off. That's all I'm talking about. Don't worry, Rotor, we're going swimming later. Yes. <laughs>